think they say it's okay to say Happy New Year right up until like the first full week of of the new year has come. Uh, And I guess that this is kind of the tail end of the first official uh, full week (laughs) where a new week is starting. Um, But Happy New Year nonetheless. Uh, We have made it into the new year praise god hallelujah all that good old stuff happy new year as i said 2022 wow we are here uh and you are listening to the little miss nobody knows podcast i'm little miss nobody knows um wow uh the new year uh you know guys i um i you know you guys Again, this whole second season was about the things that I wanted to talk about, all about me and, you know, whatever, how I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, things like that. And, you know, I spent a lot of time uh, uh, on a lot of the episodes in this season um, as reflecting on episodes of one of my favorite shows, which has now ended uh, as of last Sunday, it ended, uh, and I'm of course I'm talking about Insecure again. <laughs> um, it um, and it ended like a movie, more so, and I liked that. It was pretty good. It, I mean, you know, it wasn't as sad as I was anticipating. I think I went through my stages of grief, as it were, uh, right up until it was like I spent this whole season kind of mourning the fact that okay, this is the last season of the show. You know, I just have to get used to it. I have to brace myself. And, you know, people will go, well, it's just a show. Like, what's the big deal? Well, imagery uh, and representation matters. And when you don't see the things that look like you, the things that make you think of yourself or the ones that are like you, um, it has a tendency to make you feel um, not unwanted, but it just makes you feel absent as if you're not a active participant like you don't necessarily matter and um you know it's almost like uh Andre Benjamin said at uh I don't know if it was I can't remember if it was the 1996 Grammys or the 1998 Grammys the South has something to say well when you see imagery and representation of what looks like you on screen or in any on any particular platform in any particular genre or uh, or arena in life um, it may, it does something to and for you. Uh, and I don't think that there's a particular age limit where, uh, representation will, will never matter. Like, uh, one of the images, for instance, case in point, uh, that made me love pearl earrings and embrace even more my curves um, and my shapeliness was when Michelle Obama uh, became uh, first our forty uh, fourth uh, pres- uh, first lady of the United States. How her beautiful brown skin was uh, displayed, how she was um, styled, how her hair was, uh, the time she wore jeans, and all of her lady curves were just popping. And I'm like, yes, I don't have to feel not ashamed that I'm so curvaceous but I don't have to necessarily feel like the wolves so to speak are going to be out hawking me because of my shapely you know 
posterior hair. Um, and again, not to digress, but again, the representation matters. And I began to fall in love with pearl earrings again. And, you know, just a nice, uh, gentle, but prominent, uh, subtle, uh, but glorious set of pearls nicely, uh, nicely set, uh, can boost your image. Um, I, I'm not a flashy person. I'm not a flashy person. So that fit right into how I saw myself. Um, and so when I, you know, committed this, uh, for instance, second example to natural hair, I just really got into it and I colored my hair auburn. Um, it really started, I really started to see my, my dirty red, <laughs> as it's, as, as it is said in the hood or, or, or in, in, you know, where I grew up around my folks or my culture, uh, I began to see my grandfather's, uh, dirty red come out of me. And I began to see more of his freckles when I dyed my hair auburn because it was like, it, it, it helped me see more of myself. Again, the representation, even watching Issa D, Issa D's character, even though Issa Rae, it's her, it's her hair. Um, our hair styles were almost parallel, except I didn't do a lot of the updos like she did, but our hair was exactly the same. And it made me, you know, not want to cut my hair because it was so frustrating, because it was so hard to detangle and so on and so forth. So again, you know, with these uh, great examples given, representation matters so much. And when you're navigating through life, um, I think any and everybody needs, um, some imagery to help them to relate to who they are. I don't care how secure you are with yourself because I I uh, consider myself very secure in who I am because, um, you know, my father began to talk to me about who I am, my, my own beauty, my individual beauty, my individual capabilities. He began to speak life to me and tell me that I'm capable and that I'm beautiful and I'm smart and things like that and build me when I was young. So I didn't necessarily need someone to look up to as a peer or an example. But again, I think that we all, no matter where we are in our lives, like to see someone who looks like them uh, and, you know, has those awkward quirks <laughs> and don't necessarily appeal to the masses because we're quirky. But by the time we embrace her quirkiness and her awkwardness, then we all begin to acknowledge also, hey, that we're quirky. And again, uh, I have quirks too, and I have awkward too in so many ways, and I'm just different in so many ways. So, it really, really did so much for me to see such an ex- such an example on TV. And so, again, you begin to mourn those things uh, when you no longer have them. But if you paid close attention, you're you're able to hone the triumphs that that particular character or that particular person in the imagery um, uh, that they had. Um, them as an imagery or blueprint if you will to kind of help you along to reflect back to them and I found myself doing so (laughs) uh, as you guys um, may have learned Um, and um, this episode will be no different (laughs) I said all that to say uh, this will be episode 10 of the Little Miss Nobody Knows podcast Uh, it's currently 10 um, 05 p.m. Uh, and I have stopped on the road because I've been so tired. Um, I had, we had a family, um, 
we had a passing in our family and um i just thought it would be a perfect time uh while i'm trying to get some rest on the way to get some rest because i just can't drive anymore but not too tired to knock this out uh before before i do so um and again this is episode 10 of the little miss nobody knows podcast i'm little miss nobody knows um and i I mentioned briefly in the last episode that i was toying around with ending this season on eight episodes but of course i was on the ninth episode when i mentioned that so of course that's out um and i also didn't necessarily want to let insecure the season uh, i'm sorry the series and the season end without um reflecting on it in some way or or being able to extract something usable for me along the way and again this episode was no different i'm able to do so um when episode uh when the last episode of insecure i think it was the 10th episode when the last episode ended um what they had filmed also in conjunction with this and used probably piecework along the way um was a documentary about the show and how okay this is the end um and you know it it featured some of all the main characters and how they um and how they how they how their experiences were on the on the show and throughout the season they talked about how their individual auditions and how um, being on a show has caused them to grow professionally and personally and uh each one uh, just lamented so, uh, lovingly lamented so on uh, how they re- loved and respected Issa so much, uh, and how she's they just, they just acknowledged her, uh, and um, just they really treasure their relationship with her. They all doted on her and each other, and they all had this general there was a general consensus that they all love each other they all respect each other and that uh work experience that professional experience is one of the most special times in their lives professionally that they can reflect on uh at any given time in their career prior to this and they all express in some way a, almost a deep concern a very prominent concern that they're not sure if their career will ever be this good again if it'll ever ever be this beautiful again and they didn't show Issa talking much because you know naturally she seems very shy if you watch her as a fan if you ever seen any interviews she she didn't really let you in much into her person or and especially her personal life more so um so she she was always you know pleasantly awkward and jovial with it and she always cracked the joke to lighten the mood uh but that's you know the the social anxiety that manifests in brilliance along with the brilliance that she you know creates that she creatively um possesses um and it made me think about something that um, and kind of in the opposite way that I've experienced in some ways, and there's kind of a pro con, and a, there's a pro and a con to that. And it is about respect when others respect you, and how sometimes the weight uh, of having the respect of others, um, how it can be heavy, and and how sometimes uh, we don't even realize that others actually value our opinion, our words, and respect us. Um, and of course, Issa is the, 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 the glare, the glaring, gleaming, uh, glistening example that they absolutely hands down respect her. Um, 
Um, but I want to look at myself and use myself as an example, as an experience that I had while I was home. Um, you guys know, again, that I'm a born-again Christian, and um, I have been used to always encourage, always uplift, and uh, speak life to, and just, you know, help people along the way in every way possible, and I'm always, like, praying for people, right? So, um, this particular visit, you know, we stayed with some family members, and, um, there was an incident where there was a brief disagreement, um, with, with, between, you know, neighborhood family members, kind of, or family-esque people, and there was a few words exchanged, and the person that was not the family member basically said something that was the timing wasn't the best timing they may have been joking but it was in poor taste and it was really really just a poor time and you know and they just kind of went their separate ways because they both realized that all in all it this is not the place it wasn't it wasn't the time and that was just again it was just a real poor poor taste okay so um when i heard about that occurrence um i ended up speaking to that that person and later on uh as the time went by i actually said something very highly unusual that was um although intended to be completely like playful it was expressed in a playfulness um but the person took it very very seriously um and because and there was a great potential for it to set up a chain reaction um, of things that could have gone in a very negative way. Um, now this person has, has historically expressed things to me in jest um, with whatever level of seriousness uh, behind it, but it was always expressed in such a way that you just have to like chuckle and just go on, right? Um, and growing up, um, I was, you know, very sensitive, you know, developing, uh, a young woman developing, burgeoning young woman, and, you know, hormonally and all these things. And when you're learning who you are, um, especially to your family, at least in my case, I always wanted my family to love and like me. Um, but that's just not always going to happen no matter who you are. Uh, and so you have these, um, tiffs, uh, with your family members growing up and things like that. Um, and sometimes you can just, there'll just be this ribbing, you know, the, the, the jokes and, you know, you grow out of the sensitivity and you, um, you just look over, laugh it off. We have a good old time. And especially remember at this time that we're really, we're gathering because we've lost one of our family members that we deeply love, we deeply value. And these times together, especially because we're all adults now, most of them are married, uh, uh, you know, parents and grandparents. And so, you know, we all look around us and go, man, we can remember running up and down the street together and just all these times as children and realize how much time has flown by. And so, you know, the desire, we all share a deep desire, like most family members do, 
to love and treasure one another and take full advantage every advantage that we have of the time we have together because our lives are so different we all live in different places things like that well um again i said something uh that was expressed in playfulness uh but it was taken to heart um and it caused some discomfort in the atmosphere now mind you this person has said many things many times over the years even as adults that have left me feeling quite emotionally sore um and i look up to this person well me being the quote-unquote spiritual person um everybody everybody expects me to just be able to laugh it off get over it and um just like not let it bother me oh you know how so-and-so is that's just how so-and-so is but i'm learning and again i'm i'm because i'm this quote-unquote spiritual person in the family um i'm not how do i put this I didn't realize how weighty my words are and how only when I'm ministering do I know let me put this way rather only when I'm ministering and serving them and speaking you know encouraging them to you know look at things the bright side and just all these things especially with the Bible is concerned uh, to look at things on a positive way and to you know not give up and just look to hope and I'm just always encouraging one another I, I I'm always expecting them to hear God's voice when I'm saying these things because this is the way this is God's way this is how the you know the Bible goes and things like that and I'm like this anyway as a person like I'm a bubbly hopeful you know positive glass half uh, full um person uh, half empty I'm sorry and you know there, there's always room for more and there's always you know just hope I'm that way anyway so that that's how my 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 perspective on life is that's how I'm always treating people look on the bright side you know this is how it is look look for the silver lining um and when I'm operating in that part of my who I am um a lot of times on the surface and that face value it really looks like they're not listening or receiving anything i mean real life tragedies real problems but i find myself um being used to help them along the way um but the moment i am not operating in that part of who i am um and I say something as a regular old me person I hurt someone's feelings um and you know you know it, it was a, probably about a whole the whole thing I'll say from start to finish was probably about a half an hour 45 minutes process from the time that I said it you know discuss it a little more offer an apology in person and then when I left um called back to apologize again um, to not just that person, but everybody in the room. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't wholly egregious, uh, but it was it had an effect, and I had the account. I had um, the responsibility to, you know, address address what I did, how I made that person feel, how I and how I literally changed the atmosphere of the room. Um, and um, 
wallet you know how you know you go people some people go on long walks some people go on long rides like bike rides motorcycle rides they go on long drives they spend these time in deep meditation in whatever route or or, or whatever vehicle it is and their conscious begins to deal with them and in my consciousness the holy spirit of god talked to me and you know he started to show me that what i said was could have been just as egregious as the other dispute that happened with two people of the night before and you know caused them to go their separate ways um and I don't know if that person offered that other person an apology, but I know that I had the responsibility to do so, so I did. Um, but, you know, it was kind of an elaboration on it, which is why I called back to talk to the other people in the room. Um, because I like to quickly address my wrongs and not let stuff linger, because you never know how, how the things you say and the things you do can affect people. And I always want my relationships to be whole if that makes sense like if if there's something going on between us let's deal with that thing between us remove it from the space remove it from occupying the space between us so we can be together again um and if this last two years plus has not taught the world anything it had to at least taught you that you know especially with their love, our loved ones no longer being there for us to hug, for us to embrace, for us to talk, for us to joke, laugh, and have this thing called togetherness. Um, and many family landscapes have been absolutely transformed because a lot of us have lost so many family members. So, and this is who I've been anyway, like the way before this, I don't like fighting, I don't like arguing, I don't like disagreements, and I certainly don't like hurting people. Um, so, I try my best to fix what I broke. Um, uh, they told me they accepted my apology. Um, and again, while I was driving, it was like my conscious was being dealt with, like my state of mind. And I was being shown how (laughs) I can yearn to be my regular old me and knowing that the spiritual person I am and the, the, the minister, the servant who I am, Although I know that I am all of the parts of me, I always have to be conscious and cognizant that there's a level of respect that people have for me that makes them extra sensitive to my voice and the things that I say. Um, The parallel, of course, was Issa and how, you know, her interactions and how their experiences with her has literally changed their lives, you know, changed their careers. So many of them have gone to be on, become so successful because of meeting her and, you know, um, them taking a chance on a new person at the uh, network HBO and just all these people whose life, again, have been absolutely transformed because of her and her alone. And from what I can tell, and because I was weeping, oh, so touching you guys. From what I can tell, she has mastered the art of being able to carry the weight of respect. Not that, and this is from what has been shown. You know, people have disagreements all the time. I know that all those interactions have been perfect. And they even talked about how, you know, much more experienced TV, you know, uh, television producers, series producers, directors, um, all encountered her. But many of them humbly 
and professionally laid their egos in their uh, greater level of greatness, if you will, aside to follow her lead and has led them to a, having a, a Emmy nominated show and, you know, just all these different accolades and, um, you know, she's more than the bell of the ball. She's more than the new kid on the block now. She's a bona fide star and a bona fide creative genius because, you know, she stepped out of her awkwardness and took a chance. And then they took a chance on her. But again, I'm digressing. It, it caused all their lives to change. And so again, she's she's been able to master having been able to um, appropriately carry the weight of respect. Me, in this instance, I apparently not so much <laughs> um but I'm learning and and it even began to teach me more about how you deal with people even more because those things happen in marriages too because it's like well your girlfriends for a lady a wife they can say oh, girl you need your nails done girl let's go let's go to the spot and get our nails done but if her husband says it, then oh, you hurt my feelings. How could you say that? You know, or if to and vice versa to the wife, she can. You know, her his friends at the basketball club be like, "Yo, your knees are so ashy. Why you got those rundown shoes? How are you gonna play basketball on the court with us, bro? With those shoes?" Um, but if the wife tells her husband, "Your shoes are busted." it's going to go straight to his heart and, you know, bruise his very fragile ego. Um, but, you know, it's about, but I'm learning that, again, it's not only, there's, and there's a saying that goes with it too. It's not how you, it's not what you say, but how you say it. Well, I venture to offer an elaboration. I'm offering an elaboration on that. It is not only, um, it's not what you say, but how you say it. But not only is how you say it, it is who says it get it it's who says it again i i guess i took for granted and didn't really realize because on the onset again when you're trying to encourage people um who are low and depressed it, when you're trying to calm people down that are infuriated and they're thinking about doing something crazy and you're the voice of wisdom and you're the voice of reason um, a lot of times it seems like they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear your voice. They want to be angry. They want to take revenge. They want to knock somebody all the way out. But you're there strategically placed at that right time to cross their paths or you're sent there in a time of crisis. And you, you know, you begin to bring light to a very dark situation um, to help promote healing and wholeness and mending and, you know, hope and things like that. Um... It's, it, on the onset, it looks and sounds and feels like they don't even want your help. And that they don't value you. But the minute you say something outside of that person, because you carry a certain level of respect and sometimes you don't know it. It's quite possible that you don't know it. Um, it could be, the results could be catastrophic, especially if you don't realize what you said, if you don't quickly address it. Um, fully address it, take accountability, and at least do the human thing. Like nobody's perfect, but you know it's not an egregious attack. It's not a you know you're careless with other people's feelings, and you just say what you want and don't care about other people and how you make them feel. No, uh, it was a lesson. It was a lesson of, again about respect, and um, 
I wonder if we consider these things. Because again, you know, due to COVID in the first year of quarantine, you know, so many marriages felt slapped apart, you know, just, just divorced all over the place. Um, and then when people, and I wonder how some of those that were on the verge, uh, so many, so many of the other marriages that were on the verge, but didn't quite divorce. But when they saw that spouses and people were dying, whether or not that provoked them to let's try again, let's give more of an effort. Let's take more and let's take a, a deeper, harder effort, um, into trying to make this work and let's be more conscious and cognizant of how we treat each other. Thusly, um, being a good steward over the level of respect that we have with each other. It's not just, it's not just because of, rather, it's not just a title of being a wife or a title of being a husband. It's, it's literally a role in a person that you must become and you have to take care of how you treat people. And as common as we are with one another, um, I, I believe that so many people don't consider this. Um, and so, you know, I wanted to talk about respect, you guys. Um, can you handle the weight of respect? Or that, that was basically the question. Um, I wanted to offer this to you guys as a, as a, as a subject. Uh, hopefully you learn something from it. Hopefully you can look at your life and look at things around you and go, wow, I didn't realize that people value me much more than they give off. And I have to be careful how, what I say, you know, and how I say it and realize that it is is because I am who I am that I have such a weight. Um, God bless you guys. Hope to see you guys next time. Tune in for the next episode. We love you here at the Little Miss Nobody Knows podcast. I've been Little Miss Nobody Knows. Please take care of yourselves. Please take care of each other uh, and love on each other and love yourselves and know that God loves you too, okay? And I love you too. I am out. God bless you guys. And again, I'm out.